You're listening to the Northfield Podcast with your host, Caleb Gordon, and we are tackling issues of family, faith, and culture, all from a biblical worldview. Sit back, buckle up, and let's go. Find out more at calebgordon.org. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Northfield Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Gordon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be a part of the program today. Um, As always, I want to say thanks to our friends at Outpost Coffee. Incredible caffeinated beverages. Check these guys out, outpostcoffeeco.com. On the program today, my friend, my longtime friend, Ryan Loudermilk, sits down with me and we talk about his faith journey. We talk about all the things that are going on in his life and just how God is intricately weaving himself in and around Ryan's heart, mind, and life. So I just pray that this conversation encourages you, challenges you, and uplifts you this this week. Love y'all. Welcome to the Northfield Podcast, Mr. Ryan Loudermilk. How are you, my friend? I'm good, Caleb Reed. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. What, uh, what's what been going on in your world? Oh, man, a uh, whole lot of stuff. Uh, thanks for having me on. How's work? Uh, which one? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Background, I've known Ryan since 2008, 9. No, shoot, I hired you to, to mow the yard for the youth canteen when I was the youth canteen manager. Oh, yeah. And so that was 2007. That was, no, that was 06. Holy smoke, that was 06. I wasn't even married then, man, so that's been a, that's been a while. Yeah. Uh, you know, work is good. The roller coaster weather in Oklahoma makes it kind of tough with the roofing business, but you know, uh, can't complain. Uh, we've been blessed financially, and you know, things are good. That's awesome. That's good. So, um, you and I have been friends for a long time now over 10 years, over 12, it's like 12 years. Holy, 13 years. Golly, my math is horrible. 14, it's all right. 14. Sorry. My math is horrible. I'm, I went to Dewey, so you'll have to excuse that. Um, and, and we've, we've, we've done a lot of things together, um, hung out a lot and over the last several months, some stuff's been going on in your life. And one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is, is what, uh, how, how you've been, you've been very public in your, in your faith journey is what I'll call it. Um, how has Jesus gotten a hold of you in the last several months? Well, you know, um, Growing up, I was raised in the Assemblies of God Church, good church. Um, was saved at a John Davis revival when I was a youngster. Uh, got baptized, uh, asked Jesus into my heart. Uh, you know, I was probably 10, 11, 12 years old. Then grew up, became a teenager, went to college, and uh, almost lived my life like a Baptist. <laughs> Once saved, always saved. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, been, been successful by worldly terms as far as material things and things like that, doing what I want to do. Sure. And, um, you know, you go through struggles on the daily and you, some people drink or they, they do this or they do that and they try to band-aid the situation. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, I have uh, two boys that are 12 and 14 and my, my 14 year old son was struggling a little bit and, you know, I'm an awesome dad. I make sure that I go to all the sporting events and do sure. everything and, and I provide for them materialistically. But in my spiritual walk with Jesus, um, I kind of sort of failed. I uh, felt like I was failing in that aspect, and one day I was just sitting there, and, and I started praying, and uh, started just kind of reaching out, and I, I got to thinking, 
what's going to happen to me if I was to pass away or who's going to preach my funeral? And I have a whole, I feel like I have a whole lot of surface level friends and a whole lot of buddies. Mm -hmm. And that's not a bad thing, but I want people to know me on a deeper level. And so I started praying more often and I have to, you know, with all due respect, I have to give a lot of credit to my wife because she's the one that started, you know, she started this journey before I did. And as a, as a husband and a father, um, I wanted to jump on board, you know, Uh, I want to be on board with my wife. And for a long time, I I feel like my priorities weren't straight as far as, you know, God, wife, you know, it was more of a, Hey, let's go make money. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. And the the closer I get to God and the more I uh, involve myself with people that are following Christ, uh, the better my life has been. Um, I'm new to this journey, but I try to go to Bible study every chance I get. Sure. Try to go to men's breakfasts. 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 Uh, go to church every time the doors open. And before it was always like, oh, it's a hassle or it's easy to make an excuse. You know, and, and I feel like I need to give God some time. You know, we're supposed to tithe 10% of our earnings. Well, how hard is it to tithe 10% of your time as well and learn about Jesus and, and read the Bible or listen to podcasts or listen to sermons? Uh, so I've really been trying to surround myself with, with some uh, local people and uh, just seeking out more not only from christ but from friendships as well on a deeper level yeah so i know you you know you said you've got a lot of surface level friends yes and which in in the world of business that's not i mean networking friends are not a bad thing to have when you when you're when you're working business and doing your networking thing that's not a bad thing but man in ten thousand years the networking thing isn't going to matter it's going to matter who you say Christ is, and it matters how, what you did with Christ, right? And the direction that you, how you submit your life to Christ. Um, one of the things that that I think most men struggle with, the same thing you struggle with, is having conversations and, and relationships with guys that that have a deeper relationship. Most most men don't have deep relationships. They're all surface level yeah we hang out the cigar bar do this or that you know and i mean i'm not saying that's a horrible thing but it's just not it's not so to speak an intimate relationship where people know hey this is what's going on hey i need your help here hey will you you pray for me Mm -hmm. um you know those are the kind of things that that i want to surround myself and immerse myself in which in turn will allow me to have deeper conversations uh, about the bible about life about how to treat your wife about parenting skills and things like that and so um it's really been pretty awesome so far that's good and and everybody has different opinions on things and and there's some like i said i'm learning there's some uh you know god is love but god is also truth so you have to know both and you do and that's i love that you said he's truth as long because a lot of people just say god is love and they just throw out the fact that that there's that god has a standard Absolutely. He has a standard by which we are to live. And and when people say, well, my God wouldn't do this or that, I'm like, well, by what standard are you saying your God wouldn't do certain things? Right. And, and so one of the things, you have to have the truth. And, and the only place you're going to find truth is... In the Bible. In the Bible. That's it. God's Word. God has given us sufficient information in the Bible to live our lives the way we're supposed to live our lives and, and to do what we're supposed to do. And one of the things that I think most Christians, and I 
use that in air quotes, but most people in the world who are in the church, they struggle with the idea of a biblical God because um, they don't like that God sometimes presses in on certain areas of our lives. Absolutely. And, 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 I mean, no, how many, just, do you like to admit you're wrong? I don't really like it, but I've, I've learned. <laughs> being, being married will teach you to admit that you're wrong. I, I hate admitting I'm wrong. I, yeah, I, I absolutely hate it. But, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's not, right? It's not a bad thing. And, you know, I'm always, because I'm new. So it's like everything I'm like trying to absorb things like a sponge. And you're talking about, mm-hmm. uh, you were just talking about Christians and they don't like when God presses you. And I've got a couple of pretty funny stories. Every morning I listen to the Abide uh, Christian Meditation. Okay. And Serena and I were going to Tulsa the other day. I think we were going for, uh, I think it was baseball or something. We were going there for some reason. And she said, when you listen, we were listening to the meditation at the same place, uh, different, different vehicles. But she's like, did you pray that prayer where you asked God to test your faith? And I was like, <laughs> no, I'm not there yet. And she's like, I prayed that. And I was like, why would you do that? That's just really. Lord, I mean, give me patience. No. <laughs> you know, because God will test your faith. And, and uh, you know, so there's just, there's different things that. That come about in our daily lives, and and when we're both following Christ or we're both attempting to follow Christ, it makes it easier because if she gets a little agitated at something, I can kind of help her, and she can kind of help me, which is which is nice. And I, I'm picking up, you know, I say I'm a sponge. I'm picking up little snippets everywhere yeah. I can, as far as uh, just the other day at church, and we've been attending City Church. Uh, it's a church of love, but a church of truth. And so Pastor Scott gave a message on. The, the the gate to heaven is narrow. Okay. You know, lots of people want to follow the, they, they want to jump in the hallway, but the door to heaven is narrow. There's a clear way to get in. You must repent of your sins and not, not just, oh, I'm sorry, I'll try to do better. You know, you have to like fully try to avoid those things. Now we're all going to sin. Sure. But it, I feel like the, the, the more I get in the word and around good people, the more the Holy Spirit convicts me. That's, okay. And that's what, and that's, that's a sign that God's working. Is, is God, God's going to draw out the sin out of your life. And if you, if you expose yourself to God's word and you, and you get around people who love God's word, that God's going to press on at certain areas. I know you noticed, or you talked about Matthew, it's Matthew seven, yeah, where he talks about where where Jesus talks about um, narrow is the way. Yes. So. In that text, uh, hold on just a second. You're, that's in verse 13. It says, enter, enter, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate that's wide, the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life uh, everlasting. And there are very few that find it. Now, put a pin in that verse 14 where it talks about many. There, The many will find it. Now, that many that's in verse 14 is the same many that's in verse 22. It says, on that day, this is the day of judgment, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? Did I not cast out demons in your name? Did I not do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work lawlessness. So the many, this is what Satan does. Satan has this giant highway. It's a wide highway. Listen, you don't have to give up anything. There's no repentance of sin. You don't have to change your life. You can do whatever you want. You can live your life the way you want to. You can make it to heaven. He's called the master. He's, he, the Bible calls Satan what? The father of what? Deception. Deception. Lies. He's the father of deception. So he's deceiving many saying, listen, 
not with not with out now just horrible paganism, which I mean he is, but for most people it's a it's a sign of listen, you can get in you can get into heaven. It's a broad, easy way to get into yeah, heaven. Yeah, yeah, hey, you're a good person and you're a and good person. By 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 humanitarian and worldly standards, I feel like I'm genuinely a good person. Sure. And that's back to the back to what you said. By whose standard are you good? Right. Are you are you good by Ryan Loudermilk's standard or you know, Caleb Gordon's standard? Or are you good compared to the scriptures? Because the scripture, when Jesus was presented by that with a young ruler, the young ruler said, "Hey, good teacher, what do I must? What do I have to do to get eternal life?" And Jesus spins the question. He goes, "Why do you call me good? There's only one that's good, right? There's only one that's good. It's God. God's good. So, by whose standard are you good? And that's I always run this route when anybody says, "Oh, I'm a good person." How do you know you're a good person? By what standard? Well, I don't. I have never raped anybody. I've never killed anybody. I pay my taxes. I, you know, I do my. I love my wife. Okay, cool. Well, what's the Bible say? Have you ever told a lie? Yep. Yeah. So what does that make you? A liar. A liar. Have you ever stolen anything? Yep. Yep. What's that make you? A thief. Have you ever used God's name as as a cuss word? Once. <laughs> what does that make you? A cusser. A blasphemer. I mean, right. You right, take, right. use God's word. God's name is a, a, in vain. That's called blasphemy. Right. And so by your own admission, you're a liar, thief, and a blasphemer of God. And people say, whoa, that's really harsh. But that's all of us. Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So I've lied. I've stolen. And I've used God's name as a, as a curse word. So I, Caleb Gordon, have lied, stolen, and blasphemed. So what is that? If God judges me according to the Ten Commandments, which that's how he's going to judge... On Judgment Day, where am I going to land? I'm guilty. Well, Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. I, I deserve death. But God didn't leave us there, right? He doesn't stop there and say, okay, wages of sin is death. Have a good time, Ryan. Right. He doesn't leave you there, right? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, how do you find that? Romans 10, 9 through 10. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So that's Romans 10, 9 and 10. And then you've got 1 John 1, 9. If you confess your sins, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all of your unrighteousness. So, that mean? so back to the idea of repentance. How, how do you get saved? What, how do you, you know, because people, how do I get saved? For Mark 1, 15. The, the day of the Lord is approaching what do we need to do? Repent and believe the gospel. That's Mark 1.15. Repent of your sins and believe what Jesus did on the cross was personal for Ryan Laudermilk. Right. You have to, I feel like you have to have an intimate relationship with God. And that's what I'm trying to seek. You know, we, yeah. we uh, so many uh, church services that, I, and I don't know, I haven't been to a whole lot, but I watch some on TV, listen to podcasts, things like that. Sure. They give you the, the opportunity to say, a prayer at the end and invite God into your life and, mm-hmm. and you raise your hand or this or that. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that, but you have to believe it. You have to, you have to, I feel like you have to seek God out and you have to mean it. You can't be like, well, I'm going to say that prayer. And then afterwards, somebody cuts you off in traffic. Like I got flipped off on Sunday because I cut somebody <laughs> off right after, right after they, church. Were, they, were they in church with you? <laughs> no, I don't think so. But uh, they flipped me off and I was like, right? I'll pray for them, you know, or sure. sometimes my son's friends do things and I just, I want to punch them. But okay. Um, I think that's every parent. So but I, uh, I just pray for them, and I pray that God will keep His hand over them 
while they're growing up as kids. Yeah. And, you know, if you pray scriptures over your kids, and, and I've, I've visited with with everybody from Sam McCullough to Donnie uh, Bostwick to TJ yeah. Hendricks, uh, Bobby Wade, those are the kind of guys I'm, I'm really trying to get around, and you, you as well, we've had these conversations, um, that will help me. And, you know, if, if people gather together and pray over your life and your kids and, and specific things, I feel like it helps. Yeah. And, you know, um, it's a work in progress. Uh, there's good days. There's bad days. But um, Jeremy Barnes, another good friend of mine, we talk about God a lot. Jeremy, yep. And, uh, and uh, there's a lot lot to be said about that. So this journey, you know, I'm, I'm real new to it, and, and it's good. I look forward to going to Bible study. Yeah. Look forward to coming to visit visiting with you. I was a little, I was nervous. I was like, hey, man, are we going to, is there going to be video? Because I have, I'm rocking this ridiculous mustache. And you're like, no, there's no video. No video, just audio. So sorry, audience, you don't get to see the sweet mustache. I may, I might take a picture of us together and post it as, as the, as the, the, the image so yeah. people can still see it. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you. Yeah, so I, I, I love that you're, you're in process. And that's, and man, I, I've been praying for you for, years and you know that right and you know that i mean we've had many conversations that not have not been in front of a microphone they've been in your office where we've talked and we've hammered out stuff and we've I've opened the bible and we've you know trying to trying to help people trying to help you understand or see something and, and i've been doing it god we've been doing that for years and years you've been years. doing it for a while with, with me man you've been working on me for a minute and and, and you know i had to, i had to work on myself or i had to you know and really what it was was I've always been an alpha male. Hey, hey, I can do I can do this. I don't need your help. I got this. Hey, babe, don't worry about it. I got this. But some things are just bigger than yourself. Yep. And you have to realize that as a human being, hey, God is there for you. Mm-hmm. He is there for you. If this is bigger than you, which a lot of things are, and whether your problem might be small in your eyes or in my eyes, or man, that's easy. I do this or I do that. But there's going to come a point in time when you need God. And the sooner you realize, hey, God is there for you. If you turn to him, the better your life's going to be. And that's and, and people say, well, what about if my life doesn't get better? Okay, we're here. The Bible says our, our life is like a vapor. We're right. here for just a second. And then all of a sudden, the next thing that's going to happen is you're thrust into eternity. And I, to, I, I just told our students this Wednesday night. I said, there's two options for you. You're either an object of God's mercy for all eternity in heaven or you will be an object of God's wrath for all eternity in hell. One of the two options. There's not a, hey, I like door number three. Like there's not a door number three. <laughs> right. Like it's it's either submit your life to Christ now, repent of your sins and submit your life to Christ now because there's coming a day, like there's coming a day when you will have to, the Bible says that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. And that's, that's from Hitler to me Joe Biden to Donald Trump to all the you you name it every alpha male that's out there will have to put their knee on the ground and they will be made to say Jesus is Lord man I just I just rather it be on this side of the grave for for folks that I love and so I'm just people that I love and I care about man I'm just like constantly like hey man trust Christ trust Christ trust trust Christ and even at Dad's funeral that was the that was like the the main thing I said is man I can tell you right now if Dad could come back the thing that he'd tell you is man put your faith and trust in Jesus. Repent of your sins and believe the gospel. And I just I just know that. Um, and I'm as, I'm as certain as we're sitting on these chairs that heaven is going to be, it's real. And Christ is, is, is God. And he is 
Lord, and we have to we have to submit our lives. If we don't, God's going to come after us for all eternity, and we will experience His judgment. Because right now the world's pushing justice. Everybody's oh, we need justice. No peace, no justice. Well, everybody wants justice for somebody else's sin. But what do you want for your sin? For my sin, I want I want to be forgiven. Exactly. And you I want, want mercy, right? Absolutely. I want mercy, and I want to be forgiven, and I want to live in peace. You you could ask, you could survey or interview people, a hundred people, and say, "What is love? Yeah. What is joy? What is peace? Yep. You know, people talk about the fruits of the spirit. You know, what is pure joy? What is pure love? What is peace? Yeah. You know, and I find peace when I'm by myself in my vehicle talking about God or praying to God or, yep. or asking him a question, not questioning God, but I'm reaching out to him. Uh, Lord, show me, show me the way, show me this, show me that. And as a new Christian, or I wouldn't say new Christian, but someone who's d- just diving in head first, I feel there's been a few instances that I know for a fact it was God. Like uh, our first Bible study I went to was over James 1-2. Every struggle is an opportunity to lean on God. So I'm listening to that at Bible study. And then, sure enough, my devotional came on. And I know it wasn't Siri listening on my conversation. So my <laughs> Abide Christian Meditation came on. And sure enough, James 1-2. And I'm on my way to go fishing with Donnie Boswick, the fish whisperer. Which, by the way, Donnie, good luck uh, in, the, in the NAIA tournament, man. Yeah, you, got, man. you got this. He's going he's gonna to do all right. I can guarantee um, you. And sure enough, I, I told Donnie the story, and he was like, "Bro, that's my verse. You can ask my players." James one two, and so I know that was God. You know, Siri sometimes tries to act like mm-hmm. she knows what you're thinking, but she's listening in, a big brother and everything. But I know that was God, and so you know, as a as a new Christ follower, I have to think about, or I'm always praying, God, is this what you want for me? You know, and that that sometimes is difficult for me, um, but I'm getting better at it. Yeah. And, and you know the the Holy Spirit does convict you, and I feel like it will lead you as well. Yeah, and that's and Romans ten seventeen says faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of God. the The tool that the Holy Spirit uses to to work in us and navigate in us is His Word, and that's how he, that's how He convicts. That's how He works. Romans uh, chapter three says that the the knowledge of sin comes from the the teaching of the law. You went, the the law. The reason the Ten Commandments. The reason we're given the law is a mirror. To to why do we look in the mirror? When you're when you're getting ready and you're you're getting ready for the day, you look into a mirror. Why do you look in the mirror? Make sure I don't have any food in my teeth. <laughs> yeah, you're checking all. Are there any are there any blemishes that need to be cleansed, fixed, right, cleansed, right. right? And so that's the law. The law is our mirror that we look at. We look intently into the mirror of the law and say, "Okay, that's where I'm. That's where I'm messy." And I was just thinking when you said looking for actual peace, this is the, this is this verse right here is the the quintessential idea of peace. Roman, or Romans chapter four verse seven: "Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered." Like that's peace, right? Like when you get to you know I get to stand in front of God and God's stepped in in such a way that He's cleansed my sins. He's covered my iniquities, and I'm I'm pure in His sight, and that's that's the beautiful thing about the gospel. The gospel is that God comes after people that don't deserve it, like treasonous, a creation that has literally stuck the middle finger in God's face and saying we, we want our own way. God said, okay, I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna woo and draw you back to myself. Like that God would come after us and grant any one of us repentance is just mind blowing. 
Absolutely. I mean, like the yeah, God, it's hard to swallow. Isn't it crazy? But though? it's good. It's that's the good news. The gospel. The good news is that Jesus, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, coming after guys like Ryan Loudermilk and Caleb Gordon. Like that's crazy to think about. You th- okay? So if if you could, if you went to church on Sunday and the, and the, on the big screens, they projected all the secret stuff of your life. How would you feel sitting in the room? Uh, be eye-opening because some of it I wouldn't remember. Yeah, you know right? I'd be like, like, "Oh yeah, oh, remember that." But you'd be you'd be embarrassed. You'd be oh, you'd be like, you wouldn't want to do that. But that's Christ has taken all of that, and and there's going to come a day when all that's going to be revealed. All the secret. The scripture says everything that's done in the dark will be brought to the light. But the question is, is what we've done been covered under the blood? Because the enemy likes to try to push in and be like, you know what Ryan did? You know what Ryan did? And Jesus can go like. You know what? He's repented. He's mine. He's mine. There's nothing you can do. And, and Ephesians chapter 1 says that before the foundation of the world, that God made us blameless and holy in his sight. So by repentance and faith in him, he knew that he knew before the foundation of the world that there would be a day where you're going to repent of your sins and trust Christ. He knew that. And so before the foundation of the world, and this is going to mind blow you for a second, before the mind, before the foundation of the world, God knew who you were. God knew exactly where you'd be. God knew every single thing about you. All the secret stuff, all the dirty stuff. And he still came after you anyways and adopted you into his into your into his family. I, I, I agree with that, but here's my question to you. Okay. If God knew all of this stuff, does he do you not think God gives us choices, so to speak? Because we talk about this in Bible study sometimes. Sure. Like he gives us choices. Um, or not gives us choices, or we're put into choices and situations. If my life's already predetermined, then that's kind of that's mind blowing to me. It is mind blowing. It's, it's a thing that blows our mind. So, they, well, yeah. so whether I repent of my sins or not, my 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 well, you have my life is already predetermined. That, that's, that's not. It was it was before the foundation of the world that you would that you would repent. God, right. God, God knew, God, God called, well, you have to, you have, this is, this is why you have to lean into the text. You have to press on the text and you have to sit in the text. You can't just be like, well, this is what I think. Yeah. I'm going to pull this one out. I'm going to use this one here. Right. Uh, God's going to forgive me. I'm going to go ahead and steal this. And then I'm going to ask for forgiveness mm-hmm. because I'm good. You know, and that's kind of, that's how I lived my life for a long time. Yeah. So you have, you have to read the text. What's the text say? Let's go Ephesians 1, chapter 3. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ in every spiritual blessing, in every heavenly place, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purposes of his will, to the praises of his glorious and glory and grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved, in him we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to the purposes to which he set forth in Christ as a plan in the fullness of time to unite all things to himself, things in heaven and things on earth. And so and then you keep going to talking about an inheritance in verse 11. You've obtained that. Why do we why why did that happen? Because God decided I like I like Ryan. Why did he decide that? I don't know. 
I like Caleb. Why did he decide that? I don't know. I don't deserve that he likes me. And we get and we live in a world where we don't like this because it's it ruffles our feathers to some degree because we're like, wait a minute, I've been pushed out in this hole for my entire life. I've been taught my life is my I make my own destiny, right? Yeah, make your own choices. That we choice make our, yours. And so you have to ask yourself because Romans chapter six says that you're dead. I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter two. Now listen to what Ephesians says. The next chapter. Ephesians chapter 2 says, And you were dead in your sins and trespasses, which you once walked and followed the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that is in that is at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom you once lived in the passions of your flesh, carrying out the desires of your body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath as the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even though we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive. How could, what kind of choices can a dead person make? None. You can't. A dead man can't make a choice. So if I, if I a dead man can't do anything, how, do, how does a dead man come to life? Christ has, the scripture says very specifically that it is God that draws, God that awakens us to our need. We, you're, so you say, well, I have free will. Yes. What kind of free will is, do you have? The free will to follow after your nature. What's your nature by birth? According to the text. The, wor- the worldly things. The worldly things. So you have, yeah. what's, what's, your, what's your free will? What's your proclivity to do as, as a law, as a... As a man who's outside of Christ. What Just is, live your life the way you want to live your live life. Live your life the way you want to live it. And how do you want to live your life as a lost man? Right. I mean, how? My question is how, though? Lawless. Lawless. You want to chase You want to chase the flesh. You want to chase the things of the world. And, and I feel like God is living. And he is, he is on this world and he's in us. So, because I, I sit here and I'm thinking, well, if you want to chase the things of the world, that's... Go ahead. That's up to you. Yeah. But you're really missing the boat. Exactly. You're missing the fruits of the spirit and you're missing the peace and everything that God brings you. And, and it takes a lot to see that because mm-hmm. even more now than when you were a kid or I was a kid with the internet and so many different things mm-hmm. available, it's, I think it's cool to be a Christian and, a, and someone who follows Christ because the internet is great because you can do things like podcasts. You can do things like, you know, you can watch Elevation Worship. You can do a lot of different things. Sure. But it's also bad because we spend so much of our time in our phones. And oh, it's dude, so much. The, the, the <clears throat> information and the false information and the temptations are so great now. Our kids grew up in a totally different world and they're going to continue growing up yep. in a totally it's different gonna world. It's going to get weirder than, and weirder. It yes, really is. Than we did. Um, one of the things, and so I, I told you, I said this earlier, Romans ten seventeen says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it says in verse 14, if you back up, it says, then how will they call Well, let's back up a little bit further. Uh, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, right? Right. So, then you got to go verse 14. Then how will they call upon him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in the name of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless someone is sent? 
And as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? For faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So how, how does someone come to repentance and faith? Faith faith comes by hearing. This is why it's so vital that churches preach the word and not just tell stories. Right. You've got to have the word. You've got to have the word infused and just permeating, saturate your, your Sunday, Sunday services. You've got to have the word of God just completely just all over the place. Because... That's the only mechanism. That's the tool that God uses. Like it's great, man. My testimonies, you know, your testimonies, fabulous. But if it's not coupled with the Word of God, forget it. Right. It's just a, it's just another story. There's so many different interpretations. Like when I downloaded the Bible app, because I didn't, I just bought my first Bible the other day. And nice. It's pretty cool. I got some stuff highlighted in there. Heck yeah, man. But um, there's so many different versions. Uh, yeah. Like, translations man, and yeah, yeah, tra- yeah, yeah, not yeah, versions, yeah. but translations. Yeah. yeah. That's just kind of crazy to me. And, yep. It is confusing at times the way you interpret it, uh, especially for someone new like yeah. myself. So I'll really enjoy the Bible study. I really enjoy getting in depth with people so that you exactly. can ask the tough questions. Well, okay, one <clears throat> saved, always saved. Eh, what's that really mean? Or, sure, you, you know, God hates it. And I've went to this one before. God hates a lukewarm sinner. So if I'm going to, or a lukewarm Christian, well, if I'm going to just barely sin, then why don't I just go out and pillage and murder and rape and all that stuff. That's taking it to extreme, but right. you know what I'm saying? So there's a lot to it that's, we, that, that people can justify living their own way. Well, God doesn't like it. He, he doesn't like lukewarm Christians. So I'm just going to, I'm all in or I'm all out. Well, I think that, and I could be wrong, but it's making efforts. And, and like I said earlier, the Holy Spirit will convict you yes. and will help draw you into Christ. And you will live a more peaceful, joyful, you will. worrisome or less worrisome life. And this is the thing that, that I, <clears throat> I have come to realize in, in my Christian walk is, that the, is those that are truly born again. God will convict you of your sins. You can't. This is what I had a guy show up one time at a, at a men's deal. I preached that and he was telling me a story about doing some just atrocious stuff. And I was like, man, does that bother you? No, eh, not really. I said, well, why does it, does that concern you that it doesn't bother you that you're doing, I mean, you're doing some really shady stuff. Like that's, you're telling me, I think he was telling me to try to help justify it. Right. To try to ease his conscience. Right. Because he knows in the back of his head, what I'm doing, it ain't good. Like it's, right. a, it's a bad thing, right? And so he starts to tell me this and I said, does that bother you? Does your sin, not your not your wife's sin, not your friend's sin, does your sin bother you? He said, well, I mean, not really. I said, the scripture says in Hebrews that the Lord disciplines those he loves. Like God will discipline his children. Like he'll, he'll call you out on your sin. The Holy Spirit will, like you said, Holy Spirit will convict you. If the Holy Spirit doesn't convict you of your sin, scripture goes a little bit further in Hebrews. It says, if you're not disciplined by God, the, the, the term there is very strong. It says you're a bastard child. It's pretty, I mean, that's, that's, it's pretty blunt. It says if God's not convicting you over your sin and, and, and dealing with you over your sin, you're not his kid. So I use this example. If I'm at Walmart and I see this kid just throwing a fit in the floor and it's not my kid, what am I going to do? Walk around him. Just walk around and just... Not my kid, not my problem. Pull your phone out and video. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, video to be like, look at this moron. Right. right? But if it's my kid throwing a fit, like we're gonna have we're gonna have some words. You know, if if it is if, if, 
several years ago, when I was a kid, if I was throwing a fit in Walmart, not only would I have words, dad have dad have a belt off, right. whip the thunder him, right? He'd be dis why? Because he's like, I want you to be, I'm going to discipline you because I don't want you to just run wild and be crazy. God's discipline is so that we don't just run wild and go nuts. So okay, I'm going to discipline you. Why? Because I love you. Remember, my your dad maybe has said this too. I do this because I. I love you. This love is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. Exactly. And, and I, I didn't understand that until I became a parent. Exactly. And if you don't discipline your kids, then you deal with it later. You will. And uh, unfortunately, as parents, we we don't have the ability to just cleanse our kids right? like Jesus does exactly. for us and be like, hey, look, man, I know I didn't discipline you, uh, but you've asked for forgiveness and you're not going to do it anymore. You're going to try to not do it anymore. Yeah. You know, we that's not working with mine yet, but uh, I'm trying to just immerse them sure. in get them close to the word and lead by example. Sure, you know, that's it's easy to do as I say, not as I do. Uh, that's well, tough because yeah. kids won't do that, right? You kids, because be, sin, because kids are sinful, right? Like, that's you. I mean, people say, Oh, the little little Johnny was just boy, he's just a little angel, he's just a little innocent baby. And if you baby two in the morning, they're screaming, they got that's depravity on display. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. And, and kids learn to be deceitful. Oh, uh, I think like I read a study where it's like did six you, months old. Did you have to teach your kids to lie? Nope. Nope. You know why? Because Ephesians two, they're children of wrath. They're children of of sin nature. What has to happen? God has to awaken them to their sin. How does God awaken you to your sin? Faith comes by hearing. You have to un- understand your your sinfulness by God's word being pushed in and exposed into your life. How did you know that you were a sinner? What? How did you find out that you understand? How did you come to understand it? Let's let's go. Um, I still don't quite understand it because you know, lots of things can be considered sin. Sure. Um, and then that brings me to all sins are the same in God's eyes. Exactly. Well, they are. Really? What if I shot you right now? Well, that's. But think about this. In, in God's eyes, all sin is. I mean, it's all bad. Think about guys like David in the Bible, guilty of murder, first adultery, then murder. He had, sleeps with another dude's wife, and then she gets pregnant, and he go, he's like, oh, crud, what are we going to do? He tried to fix it by bringing, him, bringing the husband home from war and be like, hey, why don't you go stay in that with your girl? Right. Just go stay with And she, he's like, I'm not doing that. My men are out fighting. I'm going to sleep on your doorstep. He's like, Mom, Dad, come in. And he calls his generals in and says, listen. When he's out fighting in the thick of the battle, I want everybody to pull back and let just let the enemy desecrate him. Holy cow. That's a man. And the scripture says that David was a man after God's own heart. Right? Yeah. Like so, but then you read Psalms 51 where he repents sorrowfully to God and just like unpacks the depths of his depravity to God saying, man, I'm, I'm wicked. God forgives him. He repents and God's for, God forgives. Like I just had uh, Jake... Um, uh, Ekin on my podcast, twelve years old, assisted in killing another twelve year old, killed him. Like he's dead now. Man, he's in prison. Reads the Bible and Bonhoeffer's um, uh, biography and the works of Jim Elliot. Those three books, and comes to understand his sinfulness, his depravity. Ask God to forgive him. He's now preaching, asking people to. He's trying to. He's advocating for the the abolishment of abortion. And preaching the gospel. This is a guy who murdered somebody. 
God can take murderers and transform. I think it's going. I think that's a great point. I think you're talking about true repentance. Yeah. Whether your sin is it, it, small or big. Yeah. It's true repentance. You can't be like, oh, sorry, sorry, God. That's not true repentance. No. You have to feel bad for it. You have to and confess you ch- with your mouth. And you, ch- you change course. Absolutely. It doesn't mean you won't stumble occasionally. I mean, you're still going to stumble. You're, you're human. You're a human being. There is a there is a very good chance that you're going to fail and stumble and mess up. But the, the true fact of the matter is if you're a believer, if you're a believer, do you feel bad about your sin? If you can, eh, that doesn't yeah, really bother me. If it... Like there's there's been things in my life that have woken me up in the night and been like, God, I've come in in the quiet of the night by myself, put my face on my couch and just pleaded for God's forgiveness. Right. Like I don't, I'm not broadcasting. I'd be like, you know, I don't do. I come in here in the quiet of the night and be like, God, you know, and you know, please, please forgive me. Right. Like cleanse my heart. And that's Romans four, man. So good to have my 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 wickedness cleansed and purified. Oh man, it's so good. Right, peace. That's that's ultimate peace. Right. To know that man, it's that's good. And I, I love that you're like this is this is good. Well, appreciate you having me, man. Like this is good. I I just love it that you're. Well, every time we talk, every time we talk, you're like, hey, just wait about five minutes. I'm like, bro, come on, man. <laughs> it ain't gonna be five minutes. It's gonna be an hour. It's gonna be four. we're we're at forty right now. <laughs> that's you know, but when you're when you are getting a little deeper than hey man how you doing what are you doing you know it's when you're getting a little deeper you can learn things from me I can learn things from you you can learn perspective exactly. we can get to know each other on a deeper level well, this is back to the idea of iron sharpens iron absolutely yeah like you get in and there's and man sometimes when you're grinding the metal off it looks nasty it might just sound horrible but man you're you're getting sharper by being in pro- close proximity to other brothers being like, listen, how can I, how can I help you? How can you help me? How can I pray for you? How can you pray for me? And I remember, I'll never forget. What was that three weeks ago? We'll walk out and just another Walmart story. I have yeah. tons. I have tons of crazy Walmart stories where I run into people. I was walking in, and you were walking in, give me this giant hug, and you're like, I'm praying for you, man. And yep. I was like, like that came out of nowhere. I didn't even realize. I was like, oh, okay, nice. And then we went to breakfast the next day. It was yeah, good. We did. We went really to breakfast good. the next morning. Yeah. And, and then the speaker spoke at your church. He did. He went to my church. Same the next Sunday. I was like, Holy smoke! Isn't that crazy. crazy how that works? It was. It's really, really good. Really good. It was really good. Well, man, I'm really thankful that you came on the show, and um, I hope we. I'll get you tagged in on the. Once we get it uploaded, it'll be a little bit, but. Uh, Anytime, man. Anytime. Uh, I, I don't think you're gonna have to edit out a whole bunch of stuff. I'm not editing it. This will, I never. I barely edit anything on my shows. It's so uh, raw, raw conversations. I think we did uh, pretty good. Yeah. Just, just sitting here uh, just talking. And talking about Jesus. Talking about Jesus. That's what we. And, oh, one about. other thing, you know, that's really helped me is I change the things I listen to, the choices that I make in, okay. in music. You know, hey, I like a little hip hop here and there, but you know what? There's Christian artists out there too. Yeah. Like you. You look crazy, your boy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've been and, crying. I, 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 I push Christian rap on you for for and, years. I listen to that. You know, <laughs> I, it really makes a difference when you. I wake up in the morning now, and I'm not singing. Uh, you know, Warren G. Regulators, rarely, <laughs> but you know, I'm at the regulator something during the day. But you know, I, I wake up listening to or thinking about or singing about. Christian stuff. Yeah. It's really good. You Christ know, like let, let me tell you about my Jesus and Come different on. songs like that. So, 
you know, if you feed your body a bunch of negative and sweets and just nasty stuff, then you can't expect get, to man. be ripped and, and in shape. Yep. Well, you got to feed your mind too. Amen. And, so. and here's the scripture calls us in, in Timothy to train ourselves for godliness. And it, and it gives the example of you train your body, you do all this thing for to work your body out and do all this stuff, you train it. But man, you you got to train yourself for godliness. And if you're not training yourself for godliness, you will. I mean, you're going to become this obese spiritually and, and mentally. You're going to have this just, you got to train yourself to, I mean, to know, to know certain things and navigate things. Why do, why do men and women tra- train themselves, you know, in the Olympics to, get, to be able to, the Olympics were around in the Bible. I mean, Paul on Mars Hill preaches about, I mean, I beat my body into, into submission. He's talking about training yourself in godliness. Paul talks about in Second Timothy, train yourself, train yourself, train yourself. And you got to get in. You got to, just like you go to the gym, you got to train yourself biblically. How do you do that? Get in the Word, studying, getting around other people. Like yep. when you go to the gym, when you're working out, it's good to have an accountability partner at the gym or somebody. Hey, can you spot me? Why? Why do you have somebody spotting you? Because you fail. Because you fail that. Oh, right, the bar right, crushes right, you, right? Right. So, like that's why that's why we're called as by by God to get in community. Get into a community of believers that that are for you, for you. But when I say for you, they want to see you um, come alive to the things of God. They want to see you succeed in your spiritual walk. They don't. They don't get around to like. They're not trying to suppress you down. They're trying to build you up. Ephesians four twenty nine. They're right. trying to build you up, and, and 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 use words to edify. And sometimes we say we think. When words, you know, oh, he'll just say really nice things. Well, occasionally, accountability can be tough. When you're in the gym, like, you're not doing what you're supposed to do in the gym. The trainer yells at you. Get, no, come on, get up, you can do it. Like, you, right. no, one, no one says, God, that trainer is being so mean. Right. How dare he be so mean? Right. The tra- they're going, yeah, come on, get up, you're going to do it. That's exactly the idea of training yourself. Having somebody around you to, to spiritually train you. Having a spiritual coach. What you want to call it? That's what pastors are supposed to do. Spiritually coach folks along. And sometimes when you're coaching people, when you're when your boys are on the field playing games, playing ball, you know how they're going, Oh, it's it's totally okay. You totally screwed that up, but that's all right. I hope both teams just have fun. <laughs> right? Like just hope tell BF. No, you're like, get up there and win, hard, work hard, go fast, hit that ball, run. You know, that's what you're but that's the idea and train yourself for godliness. Get in there, go hard. Don't don't go halfway like you said earlier. Don't just put a foot in halfway. I mean, you go all in, dive head headlong into this thing, and rush and pursue godliness and righteousness. That's the way God called you to do it. That's what that's what we're supposed to do. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, man, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, like For I said, sure, I will uh, join you again. Yeah, we'll do it on. again. Sounds good, man. Love you, brother. Love you too.